In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to do something just a little bit different today. Um, I'm going to let St. Matthew and St. Paul take a little break from the homily. And I work, want to work on something that I've actually been thinking about now for, for quite a while. And what I want to do is I, I want to talk about a particular part of our service we do on Sunday morning. Uh, more specifically, I want to talk about a prayer that we do Sunday morning, and that's really narrowed it down a lot, hasn't it? Because most of what we do is a prayer. But the exact prayer I want to talk about this morning is the one we call the intercession. And now if you have a blank look on your face and you're trying to figure out what it is, I might invite you to come to Matins next Sunday morning. Because after the gospel, and the chanter chants Psalm 51, the deacon recites the intercession, or he prays the intercession. You know, I've been thinking about doing this for quite a while because at, typically when I'm, when I'm saying it, when I'm praying it, um, and, and I don't say this, uh, trust me, in any way as... as uh, a brag or anything of that nature, but while I'm doing it, I start thinking about these people that we're naming in, in this intercession. And, you know, we've been doing this now for about 35 years, and a lot of it becomes rote, and that's actually a really dangerous thing, especially for me, because I can disengage my mind and start thinking about something totally different, and later on I think, oh my gosh, I hope I said everything I was supposed to say, and I have, typically, but it has begun to just uh, really be on my heart, and again, as you know, when I do a homily, it's more for me than for you, but it is something that I've, I've kind of wanted to think about, these people who we ask to pray for us in the intercession. Is this a special prayer? Why is it a special prayer? It's a really, really special prayer. Because we're asking for others to pray for us. And in doing so, we're asking for some very specific things, and we're actually asking some very specific people to do that for us. Now this morning, and I'll let you off the hook if you weren't there, and I know the choir can't go there practicing, but... In the intercession, I actually named 38 different people by name to pray for us. There would have been a 39th, except St. Athanasius is already included in the intercession earlier. So we don't ask him as the patron of this church, but he's included with the patriarchs of Alexandria earlier. So 38 people were named earlier today. And we're asking for their prayers. Now, what are we praying for? What are we asking them to pray for us? Well, let's look at the prayer itself. How does this start? Oh God, save your people and bless your inheritance. That's what we're praying for. That's what we asked those 38 people this morning. By the way, I cheated. There's also a lot more. We ask the angels, we ask the holy apostles, we ask the ascetics, we ask all the martyrs. So there's way more. But the 38 we named this morning. Oh God, save your people, bless 
your inheritance. And then we start to ask the very specific people. And who do we start with? Who do we always start with in the intercession to pray for us? We ask for the Theotokos. Who else would you start with? You know, my mother used to, every now and then, she'd say, well, I'll pray for you. And when she said that, you know, there was just kind of this warm feeling. It's like, okay, everything's going to be okay. Whatever my mom does. And we need to go to our mom, and we need to go to the Lord's mother, the Theotokos. And we start with her. And we ask her to intercede on our behalf. Through her intercessions, the all-immaculate Lady Theotokos and ever-Virgin Mary. We actually also ask for the power of the precious and life-giving cross to help as well. And of course, that's very important to us, and it is powerful, and it is life-giving, for without that cross and the crucifixion, there isn't a resurrection. So it's powerful, and it is precious, and we do ask for that power to help us as well. And then we ask St. John the Baptist to supplicate for us. You know, he comes across a lot as a fire and brimstone type of guy. I mean, really, what's his message? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. But you know, there's a troparian to him that we say, the clergy says every morning, every Sunday before liturgy. And what we say is to St. John, after suffering with joy in behalf of the truth, you did proclaim even to those in Hades the God who appeared in the flesh, who takes away the sin of the world and grants us great mercy. Why is St. John preaching to the people in Hades if all he's interested in is us repenting in a fire and brimstone type of way? No. He's actually extremely compassionate, and he does want us to repent, and it is a very serious thing. But he's out there supplicating for us. He's asking God on our behalf, humbly, beseeching him to save us and to bless his inheritance. But we ask for Peter and Paul. Most of you can't see it. They're back here. By the way, most of these... 38, most of them are somewhere in this room. I mean, I should say their icons are in this room. They are all in this room. They are. And then we go on to what I would call the a who's who, not the who's who, but a who's who of the church. We list no less than seven patriarchs, not to mention metropolitans, archbishops, and bishops. There's at least four wonder workers, and at least 17 martyrs. There are some overlaps in those, by the way, so don't, don't worry about the math. And then, just to be sure, we do say all the martyrs and all the ascetics, asking them to pray for us as well. And then, of course, we also ask for the Lord's grandparents, Saints Joachim and Anna, to pray for us as well. Again, you know, let's, let's start with mom and then maybe grandma and grandpa as well. So it's actually, I mean, that, it's so right. If you think about it, this, what we're doing is so, so right. But I actually want to introduce you to um, 
nine very special people. And they're in, named in the, in the uh, intercession. And uh, we refer to the group of them as the great women martyrs. And obviously, there's so much to their lives. And I'm only going to give you just a little brief thing, because I want this to be an encouragement for all of us. Their lives, because these women suffered horribly. And I'm not talking about them because of their suffering, OK? I'm talking about them because they suffered, and then their, their faith was tested, and they completed the race, and they're the ones that are praying for us. We start with St. Thecla, equal to the apostles. And I know there's a few people in here who that is their, their patron. St. Paul converted her. Um, her mother was very upset to the extent she wanted her thrown into a fire. Um, she was thrown to wild beasts. She was able to escape that. Uh, she was, even with all this, she still went out and preached and spread the faith. She was finally pursued by a bunch of men trying to assault her. And when she realized she couldn't get away, she prayed to God to save her. And he opened a rock. She stepped in, and the rock was closed. And that is her tomb as well. That's St. Thecla, equal to the apostles. Uh, St. Barbara. Actually, a lot of people don't know she's the patron of this town right next to us. She was shut up in a tower by her father, a very beautiful young woman. Um, he tried to keep her, he was just trying to keep her away from everything, but she was able to come to Christ just by looking at his creation. When her father found out she had become a Christian secretly, he beat her and tried to kill her, but she was able to escape. He finally turned her in to the, to the governor, who um, also tortured her. But um, she, the Lord did heal her. But then the torturing continued, and finally her father was successful, as he was the one who did finally kill her. Anastasia, St. Anastasia, she's over there. She secretly tended to Christian prisoners, tended to their wounds, tried to loosen their bonds. Um, she actually, most of these women weren't married. Um, she was married, uh, but uh, didn't want to be. And uh, the Lord, well, let's just say the, uh, the emperor sent her husband on a trip and he drowned. So um, she was finally able to then openly go help the Christians because while she was still married, her husband did beat her horribly. Um, she, when she was finally arrested, she was uh, sentenced to starve in prison. After 30 days, when she was still alive, they went ahead and put her on a boat and were going to drown her. And that didn't work either. So they finally succeeded with fire. St. Catherine is next. She, too, is up there. And this is also special for me because my oldest is also a Catherine, and this is her saint. Very intelligent and very beautiful young woman. Very strong. She denounced the emperor for his idolatrous ways. She was the one, if you remember the story, that the emperor actually realized she was a lot smarter than he was. So he brought 50 of his wisest men in, and they debated her, and she beat all 50 of them, for which 
they, they were killed, though at the end they all became, they all confessed their faith in Christ. And she was finally martyred. Well, she was thrown into, I'm sorry, she was thrown into prison after that, where she converted the general who was guarding the jail and 200 of his soldiers. So uh, never give up, I guess. She was martyred at the age of 18. Kiriaki, another woman who didn't want to be married. She was denounced as a Christian, and she endured many, many tortures as well. Um, the Lord did heal her between tortures. Uh, one time she was actually, when the Lord healed her, she was forced to go to the temple to uh, pay, pay respect to the idols who had healed her. So on the way to the temple, she asked the Lord to destroy the temple. And an earthquake came and destroyed the temple. Um, she was 21 when she was finally martyred. Fotini, some say Fotini, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, who the Lord asked for a drink of water and had uh, several, um, several husbands in her history, and the one who she was with was not her husband. But she too confessed her faith, along with her two sons and five sisters. They went to Africa, where they were arrested for preaching the gospel. Sent back to Rome and uh, martyred there. She was particularly martyred in a well, thrown into a well and drowned. Saint Marina, another brave young woman who was able to stand up to the authorities. This time it was the imperial governor. She just flat out told him that the idols he worshipped, they didn't breathe, they didn't care whether you paid respects to them or whether you denounced them. So it wasn't any good to do that. So of course he tortured her, threw her into prison. She was actually attacked in prison by Satan. He came in the form of a serpent. She made the sign of the cross, and the serpent basically exploded there. The Lord showed up at that point and gave her strength, but uh, she was finally martyred, um, and the Lord appeared to her and angels at the time of her death. Perisceva, also over there, she was brought up in the faith. Most, a, lot of these, a lot of these women actually maybe had one parent, but maybe none who were uh, uh, Christians, but Perisceva did have both parents uh, who were Christians, they died. She gave away most of what she had to the poor. And she went out and uh, preached the faith, even though it was very dangerous. And even though she was caught and tortured several times, God kept healing her, and finally she, too, was martyred. She was martyred by the sword. And there's St. Irene. <clears throat> she was actually baptized by St. Timothy. Um, she led a life of torture. She had actually four different kings tortured her. And not one of them, though, could, could martyr her. She was buried up to her neck in a pit full of spider, uh, scorpions and snakes, and angels came and neutralized the poison. Uh, besides that, they tried to kill her with a sword, and the sword hit her body and it broke like it was hitting stone. And you think at some point you might say, you know, gosh, maybe they shouldn't do this to this woman. 
But they kept trying, um, tied her to a water wheel, and when they opened the sluice gates, the water wouldn't flow, so that didn't work. And then they tried fire, and that too didn't work. She actually ended up um, laying herself in her own grave, and then uh, they closed it up, and four days later they went to open it, and she was gone. So, quite amazing, quite amazing. I do think that the uh, Saint Irene was actually, we think, she was responsible for saving 100,000 people. I mean, they became Christians. They were pagans who became Christians. 100,000 from this one woman. But you know, there's others who we pray for in the intercession as well. Obviously, we ask St. Athanasius to pray for us. St. Tikhon, St. Raphael, important for orthodoxy in this country and our archdiocese. Spirit on a Tremith house, I like this guy. He was the bishop of Tremith house. Um, he was a farmer. And even after he was elevated to the, to the bishop, the seat, he still tended his own fields and his cows. But he was also able to stop a river from flowing and he made it rain during a drought. Um, some say he raised people from the dead as well. But again, all of this is to try to be an encouragement for you. And, and obviously there were some horrible, horrible things that all these people endured, and, and that's not necessarily the point. The point is, is that they did endure, and they did finish their race, and these are the ones who we're asking to pray for us. And they are praying for us. And so even though their faith was tested, and ours is as well, we can call upon them always, not just in the intercession on Sunday morning, but let us use their strength to help us as well. By the way, oh God, save your people and bless your inheritance. We didn't come up with that. That was St. David, or King David. He said that in Psalm. He, he, he's the one that said that. In Psalm, what, 28. The Lord is the strength of his people and the protector of the salvation of his anointed. Save your people and bless your inheritance and shepherd them and raise them up forever. As we end the intercession every Sunday morning, we beseech thee, O most merciful Lord, hearken unto the petitions of us sinners who make our supplications unto you and have mercy upon us. Amen.